mind. What's on your mind? Information. She's full of it. Things to do, places to visit, and the stories behind the people in our community. That's a lot of information. Throw in a little news and pop culture. That's too much information. You have TMI with Teresa. What have I told you about over here? TMI with Teresa. We're all guilty of TMI. TMI. Good morning and happy Easter to you. Later in the show, my guest is my friend, Jennifer Smith. April is Autism Awareness Month, and she has two adult children on the spectrum. So we're going to talk about how this stay-at-home order is affecting her family in a few different ways than most people. But first, this is going to be an Easter like I've never experienced before. Church services will all be online. Many people are having Easter egg hunts inside their house. You will be catching up with extended family, but online instead of in person or over a giant Sunday meal. So we've been cooped up long enough that I know a lot of you may really be starting to feel alone, sad, even depressed. That's why my guest is Rennie Schuler McKinney. She's the clinical director of behavioral health services for Advent Health Shawnee Mission. And Rennie, are you seeing a lot of people coming forward now with just anxiety and even fear? We absolutely are seeing an increase of individuals in our community experiencing high levels of anxiety, stress, fear, just that element of not knowing what each day is going to bring. All businesses are shut down with the exception of the essential ones. Our children aren't going to school other than what they're doing in their homes. And so our world really was turned upside down. And with that, we have seen individuals really struggling with how do I cope day in and day out? You don't have to feel bad about it or hide it. It's normal to just not even know how to feel right now. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, fear is a good thing for us to have fear when I see a snake and I run the other direction, that fight or flight internal thought. However, we get concerned if somebody's focusing on that fear or that anxiety all day long. And so, yeah, we have more time on our hands and we might be taking more naps than normal, wanting to stay in bed for longer periods of time. We would caution against doing that too much because we believe that structure and doing as much of normal activities that we possibly can right now is very important. Individuals who are used to going into work every single day and now they're either doing work from home or possibly not working at all and not getting paid. That element of concern around my financial status and how am I going to pay my bills? that increases anxiety. So we really encourage individuals to pause and really look at what they have control over. Getting out of bed, I have control staying in my house. I can be focused on my gratitude, the things that I'm thankful for. I can reach out to others via email or telephone or text. And we do encourage people to stay connected during this time because it, as you mentioned, it can feel so very lonely right now. Honestly, we just need to stop and breathe sometimes, right? Absolutely. We need to stop and breathe. And I don't know when It was the last time you sat down and played a board game, but I know I'm playing a lot more board games with my family. I'm doing things that typically I have not allowed myself to do because of our hectic schedule. And so really appreciating the time that we have in front of us to spend with our immediate family or to take time and get some of those projects done around the house that maybe we've put off because our schedules have not allowed. And so pausing refocusing, and being appreciative of of the things that we do have right now. Also self-care, right? Like just eating proper foods and taking care of yourself. 
Absolutely. And, and getting some exercise, you know, the nutrition, exercise, good sleep, not too much, of course, will all help us feel better in the long run. I also think it's important to find things that we maybe haven't done before. I know that out there on social media, people are talking about putting animals in windows for kids that are walking with families and they're doing the I spy game and finding bears in windows. Being creative, doing some chalk on your driveway. Many neighborhoods are doing sit in the driveway and, and everybody yell from across the street. I think things that we haven't been haven't typically put into our, our daily lives can sure add that sense of community. And that's what we need right now is a time to, to connect and to try to remain calm as difficult as it can be right now. There are some people listening this morning that maybe it has gone to the next level. They are not functioning properly. How do you know when it is time to seek help and what should you do? For those individuals that were seeking help prior to this pandemic, I would say continue with your providers, stay connected. Many of our providers in the community, both therapists and psychiatrists, are doing telehealth, televideo. That is so important to stay connected with your providers. If you haven't had a provider in the past and you're finding that you're not sleeping well, you're anxious maybe most of the day compared to once in a, in a few days, I would definitely reach out. Our Behavioral Health Assessment Center here at Advent Health would be happy to talk to individuals over the telephone and determine if they need to come in for an assessment, which we can do in person or by televideo, and really determine whether or not things are spiraling out of control. It's important to not let that happen during this time. Individuals can call our assessment center at 913-789-3218, and we'd be honored to be able to visit with anybody that is struggling at this time. Again, that number is 913-789-3218. And all of this information will be posted on my website, tmiwithteresa.com. So finally, April is Autism Awareness Month. Big shout out again to Casey's own Eric Stone Street from Modern Family, who after the series finale this past week, he went on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, raised $125,000 for his sister's charity, Building Hope for Autism. But my friend is Jennifer Smith, and I wanted to talk to her for Autism Awareness Month. Instead of having an expert representative or even someone from an official organization, because I thought it would just be nice to have a mom's perspective. Hi, Jennifer. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I wanted to talk to you just, you know, just a conversation. There's not a particular event going on or anything like that. But I know I've talked to you over the years and you have transitioned from a mother with young children with autism to teenagers with autism. And now you have adults. You've raised two adults. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I wanted to get your perspective just in general about having adult children living with autism. And also, I know that because of us on uh, everybody being in quarantine and all the changes in our day-to-day routines, I know that that can be very difficult because routine is a very important thing in your life, right? Correct. Yes. So routine, and this is not, I mean, not everybody, but majority of individuals, routine is what gets Cran and Cameron through the day. We plan if there are going to be changes. We try to coordinate that with as soon as possible to know that this is going to change. You know, we're going to do this instead. I have this going on. You know, so so you could plan. When the quarantine came out, everything came to a halt. And you know, my daughter. Corinne is extremely social, so that has been very hard for her not being able to go to 
Autism Club with Johnson County Community College, not to be able to go to the bookstore, to the library, to the art store, to socialize. That is extremely hard. We do plan things now. We do go to Walmart, but we stay in Gardner. We really want to stay in Gardner and to keep us as safe as possible. So we do plan. We get in, get our stuff, and get out. They still maintain their ability to go and get the things that they need because that's one thing that is still very important for me is for them to shop, continue to do those things. I'm not going to do everything for them. They continue to shop and get the things that they need. How old are your Um, kiddos now? Oh, (laughs) Corinne is 26 and Cameron just turned 25. Good grief. I'm not keeping up with them as much. I was thinking they were in their early 20s. Like, I mean, like early, like barely just became adults. It goes so fast. (laughs) Well, when they, when Corinne turned the age that I was when I had her, uh, I I myself had a meltdown. I kind of freaked out. Wow. <laughs> um, and just to let people um, give them some insight to your situation. So is, will they probably always live with you or will they ever be able to live on their own? That is a choice. So, of course, we're in Kansas. And so there are some different levels of individuals with services. So there are services available for residential care um, where they can live in different tiered facilities those that need more intensive care, that have 24-hour care. There's those that can live in an apartment with a roommate that can have care checked in on them. Then there is kind of like our, how we set it up is that they live in the home. I am their paid provider, so I pay to take care of them. Our case is very unique because whenever they turned 18, I really wanted them to have choices. And I still offer that. Do you want to get your own apartment? Do you want to? Nope. Want to live here. But we made it where it's their place. So anytime we do any remodeling or we get anything, it's a team effort. And then I'm going to get into some other issues here because, um, and our families are all unique and and different, but, you know, my mother passed away in 2015. My dad has Alzheimer's. So I was looking at what am I going to do to help support my dad? So what I did and looked in the future is that we decided to build onto the back of my house. We call it Papa's Pad, an apartment, Mike. So dad can live as comfortable as possible, but dad just turned 87. And so when something does ever happen to my father, I have this addition added onto my house so that when and if something ever happens to me, I can have, and I have it set up in my will and my guidelines and everything that if something happens to me, I can have a provider still be able to come in and possibly if they just come in and check on the, you know, check on Corinne and Cameron during the day or they live in the separate attached apartment that they can still have their independence and still be cared for. So then with legal stuff, everything's all in a trust so that when something does happen, Social Security can't take things away because it's all formatted into a trust. So there's a lot of legal issues involved. There is. You deal with so much. 
I mean, you, like you <laughs> said, people don't even understand. Like, oh, and that's the thing that wraps us all around. Whenever you have an adult, you have to start planning early. You start need to start planning when they're eight, when they're ten, when they turn eighteen. What is that going to look like? You know, things will change over those eight to ten years, but you've got to look at a plan. How am I going to support my loved one? How's my loved one going to support themselves? What is that going to look like? See, that's why I wanted to talk to you, Jennifer, because I feel like we hear so many people share their stories. And um, there is so much more awareness now about raising a child with autism, but you just Mm -hmm. don't hear What's the Mm -mm. next chapter like? And I think that you can just really shed some insight to a lot of people that are heading that way and just are really unsure about what their future holds. The struggle is, and I'm going to speak more for Kansas. I can sprinkle in some stuff with Missouri because it is kind of cohesive, but the struggle is services for adults for once they turn 18 or and or if the school is providing an 18 to 21 program. What does that look like? The next is day services. There's not enough day services for an individual that can go and do programs during the day and and then come home and, you know, and have a life with their parents or, or however they choose that. And there's not enough training for staff because autism is spectrum. And it's not even just autism. It's all individuals with disabilities that can attend those. We have many individuals with Down syndrome that are comorbid that have autism and Down syndrome. And we've got some individuals that are needing one-on-one care. There's not enough staff. There's not enough trained staff for that. We have behaviors. So a child at five years old, oh, that's a tantrum. Well, put 20 years on that, six foot and 250 pounds, that behavior is a destructive behavior that if someone doesn't know how to identify that behavior is coming, it can be detrimental for the individual with the behavior and or the people around them. That is the thing that so many of us are scared if the wrong person is there with our loved one that has a behavior that the police are going to be called, they're going to be handcuffed. It's not a good picture. And we're all scared. Yeah, that's a very legitimate fear. Every single day, it's hard to relax. That's why this awareness, acceptance is so huge to step out of a comfort zone and have a conversation with your police, have a conversation with the fire department, have a conversation with your neighbors, have conversations to understand. Joey is fantastic. He's a great kid. But if he can't get out of the house now, he can't socialize, he can't get his therapy, we're going to have issues. We're going to have mental health issues. We're going to have behavior issues. And that is what is spiraling many of our parents and our adults on the spectrum right now is because we're all now being quarantined and we're going to be going into a whole month where some of our loved ones have not been getting the services that they desperately need. Well, it's not even the services. Like your daily routine, we mentioned at the beginning of this, it really messes with their day. Uh, Tell me what happened with Cameron and his TV show. So some of our friends out there know that Cameron loves Jeopardy, loves Wheel of Fortune, and when those get changed, we have problems. 
And I am blessed that Cameron works here in Walgreens and Gardner. He works Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, 10 to noon. He is accepted by everyone there and works with him. And I still job coach him there, but really stand back. When he can do a task, I'm out of the way. But this change has increased behaviors because now we have to clean every hour. We have to watch what we do and things. So that's kind of disrupted in a little bit, but he's able to still keep that routine of going. But yesterday they changed the format of Jeopardy and that threw off his timeline. And so he was very upset with NBC for changing that time frame. I won't talk about how he gets upset when there's a presidential interruption <laughs> <laughs> or a baseball game or football. And so he perseverates about it and we have to do some calming exercises and just to talk about this changed and why this changed. You know, one of the things with this is that the rule followers. And I'm blessed in that issues because they're rule followers. So they, like when you say you have to do this and you have to do that, they're like, okay. And you sometimes have to explain why. And they understand. But we've been washing our hands and sanitizing for years and years and years. So that was not a problem at all. I mean, we followed... 22 years in food and beverage. I know those drills of, of germs and everything. So you know what you have to do to put in place to keep people healthy. So what's happening in society today when people aren't following rules and doing things they shouldn't be doing, that can be a little upsetting to our loved ones when they see other people outside doing things. You're like, I'm supposed to be inside. Why? You know, or... Well, and hasn't your son so, had a hard time with his job because a lot of the shelves are no, empty? Was, yes. So the toilet paper is his aisle. That is his baby. And that first day when everything went south and I posted that picture and he's just looking at the aisle. No paper towels, no toilet paper, no Kleenex. He's just looking at it. And then he yells, it's not even snowing. So he correlates, he correlates whenever we're out of toilet paper to snow. It's going to snow. We're going to have a snowstorm. People buy up toilet paper. So the concept of what was happening was not even registering to him. of like, why are people doing all this? I'm not understanding this. This is so hard to explain to someone with an intellectual disability. Of well, and think about us. You and I, we're just normal adults that we yeah. can't do our job like we're supposed to or we can't go to the store like we're supposed to. We're starting yeah. to go crazy. I'm seeing it. I'm yeah. seeing people losing their minds. So imagine yeah. someone like your son and daughter. They don't quite understand what's happening. Their routine is really messed up. We just have to have a, an extra patience for what they're going through. And we right. need to try and understand that. Right. Well, and you have some great organizations here in town and actually nationally that know that. And they are immediately putting things together. So like Families Together in Kansas and the Kansas Center for Autism Research and Training, they've created these Zoom calls that people can call into and can help understand how to get through this with a loved one with a disability. I know Summit Future Foundation, they have created virtual support meetings um, so people can log on to that. And then also they've got, you know, some things on their website, too, of how to cope to get through the day. 
everything is changing daily. I'm a part of a provider page on Facebook that is posting things to help, you know, providers provide to their residents or their clients, case managers and so on, to keep following up with their families of, hey, how's things going? What can I do to help? What can I get you? We, you know, we have many of our residential homes that are getting Medicaid funding and then when there's no toilet paper, no staples, you know, for food, they're having to struggle themselves, the providers, to get these things for their residents. And it's so hard and, and creating a different environment of why residents can't go to a day service, why residents can't go to Matt Ross and swim, why can't they go to the Y and do things, why can't they do their challenger program or, or different things. And trying to explain that is so hard and it, it's tough. I mean, I have not broke down yet because I try to create an environment um, that keeps them as normal as possible, whatever normal is these days, um, and create our own experience. So, you know, Cameron works at Walgreens um, three days a week for a couple of hours, and that's good for him. He still gets funding from his Social Security income. Um, we do report his wages. We are in compliance with everything. Corinne, she has created her own little business, um, Corinne's Creations. And so what she wanted to do, and we've done this, and we're trying to send out waves of cards every week, she sends out cards with her drawings to people in the community and across the states that we know just to send them some cheer. And that is helping, too. And you're seeing that not only just what Corinne's doing, but other people are doing and and creating that. Let's Let's cheer somebody else up. And, and or let's cheer this person up. Let's bake them stuff or different things. I had a friend of mine who is a provider. Um, she started going online and looking at recipes so she could help her ladies to bake with her because a lot of times they didn't do that. But now she's like, everybody's going to get involved in that. Let's all bake. Let's all do something. Let's cook our meals. And, and so creating some different things and slowing down our lives and just enjoying each other as much as possible. Um, but also trying to stay three steps ahead so we don't have meltdowns, so we don't have these behaviors. But that's tough. That's really tough. Well, I want to just stress again that you are just a mom who's figuring it out on your own day by day and you have a community of other parents I know that you share ideas with and things and so you know like as far as resources you just do your research and you find them you're not representing any one organization today no. and um, I'm going to no. put up on no. my website which is tmiwithteresa.com you've just given me a couple of like articles and websites that mm-hmm. are very helpful so I'm going to put those up on the website Appreciate and you'll be able that. to see that but, yeah. you know, again, you're just you're just trying to figure it out on your own. And I, I we're right. almost out of time. But I want to mention something cool that you're doing because you work so hard. It sounds like you're just taking care of so many people. Bless your heart. Oh. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about what you're doing with your homemade pies. Oh, <laughs> well, so baking has always been a stress reliever for me, no matter what. But my mom had me baking at six years old and 
I, of course, the need when I stepped out of my role with an organization as executive director to provide for my father and my kids, I was, okay, the need, the job skill need, the importance of community and giving someone that is able to work, that wants to work, a job. So, of course, I wanted to also incorporate the baking and my mom, because my mom, everybody loved the my mom's pies and, the, you know, and just how involved she was in our community. So I created Betty's Pies and Cobblers. And in my business plan, it is that 80% of individuals that work there would have a disability. Um, my goal was also to have a job coach on staff to be able to work with each individual. So I have this huge plan. Well, my back went out. I had to adapt to a different um, goal. And so I was able to get a commercial kitchen and still be able to get a catering license and follow all the state guidelines. And, and so what I was doing was I was having, I was able to go to events, go to different like we would do the comic fest with elite comics and uh, just different events like that. We had, we did weddings and so on and so forth. So instead I couldn't have the individuals baking with me. So what I did is whenever we did these events, I would contract with many of our friends and they would get paid for that day's work of being able to be there to take money to sell and give that exposure and also that confidence of, hey, I can do this. And it's worked fantastic up until this issue. I had to shut <laughs> everything down. So, but, you know, we're on just a halt and we're, we're not done. We're just kind of on a standby. And so the goal is to have a pie shop here in Gardner and be able to do that. And so I've had back surgery and right after back surgery is whenever the quarantine went. So you know what, though, uh, maybe you needed a rest. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say well, the like, timing was good. Divide intervention, <laughs> so yeah, because the funny thing is I had years and years and years ago when there was a place that was trying to sell that was a, a restaurant. I said, Mom, let's get this. Let's make a pie shop. She goes, I don't want to stand all day. And I was like, I would be doing the work. You just be talking to people. So I hear that in my mind. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you are right. I am standing all day. But, you know, it's, it is a joy to be able to make other people happy with food. And I think we all can agree with that. And then to incorporate individuals and giving them value and Sorry, and giving them a place that they can go and and be wanted and um, just a part of the community. And that's what everybody wants. No matter if you have a disability or not, you want to go to work and be valued. Um, And that's so important to me. So that's my goal. So when quarantine is over, hopefully I will be able to get a pie shop and we can all sit down and have pie together. 
That's a wonderful thing that you're doing. I really appreciate you always being willing to just talk and share with our audience your lifelong journey. I mean, it's 20 years now that we've been talking. Like I said, it's just crazy to think that your kids were little when we first met. And now I've kind of been watching this journey with you. And you just always do such a great thing. You're such a great advocate. And just bless you for you're always just taking care of everybody. Well, it's a it's a team effort. It's not just me. There's a circle uh, that gets wider and wider every day of families being diagnosed and all of us sticking together. I mean, some of these kids that are graduating this year that I, you know, we're, we're going to have some kind of graduation. Don't know what that's going to look like, but some of these kids that are right now, I have known them since they were little bitty, not able to talk. And they're now thriving in their own abilities. And it's so lovely to see. And, you know, one of the things I do want to make sure I say in here is that whenever we have staff and in residential day service throughout whatever program, we need more training. There needs to be more funding to go in to our staff. They need to be paid more for what they go through and more training. So that, those are my two Big points also to to say that we've got to get that out there. And I know things are working, but it's it's so important that we have that. And so important for everybody to have patience and understanding and knowledge. Knowledge is, is power, as our friend Jennifer Greenstreet says every day in her Just Like You films. I do want to plug the Just Like You autism film. It's so important that that film is still seen every day to share the experiences of individuals with autism across the spectrum. And that's one of the links that I'll put up on my website, tmiwithteresa.com. So we'll put up the links for Betty's Pies and Cobblers, and we'll put up Just Like You Films so you can see the autism video and some of the resources that as a parent you have found helpful. Keep me updated okay. when everything gets back to normal and you, um, you know, oh. whenever you need to have something going on with your pies or you just need me to get the word out for something. Okay. All right. Take care Thank of yourself you. and your family. Tell you the kiddos too, I said hi. Bye. Thanks for listening to TMI with Teresa. Production and voice imaging by DJ Sod and Connor Quinn. Get episode updates and read Teresa's blog at TMIwithTeresa.com. Oh.